I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast. Every Mum the Podcast was created for one reason, to get honest about parenthood, about the realities, the joys, the surprises and the fears, the moments that form us and the ones we don't hear people talk enough about, which is why we are so proud to partner with Water Wipes as our sponsor for this season, as they share this mission with us and are such an essential brand for every mum. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes containing just two ingredients, 99.9% water and just a drop of fruit extract, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and also the proud winners of three National Parenting Product Awards 2020, including Best Baby Wipes. During the early days as a parent, everything is uncertain, but choosing the right wipes shouldn't be a worry. With no artificial fragrance, soap, silicones or colours, Water wipes are suitable for sensitive newborn and even premature skin. Together, we are committed to providing more reassurance for parents with trusted products and this podcast, helping us to all take those important steps towards greater confidence while building a community of support for every mum. In this episode, I'm joined by Nurture Mama's Helen Plass, creator of the Pregnancy Wellness and Empowering Birth Online Summit. Helen has brought together 15 maternal global experts, to share their extensive knowledge in free online videos. Helen hopes this summit will inform and empower women and arm us as mothers with lifelong confidence to live happier and healthier lives. Here she tells me more about this passion project, about the incredible expert speakers from around the world and how every mum can register for free to see them speak. Helen Plass or Nurture Mamas, thank you so much for joining us on Every Mum the Podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today to learn more about the Pregnancy Wellness and Empowering Birth Online Summit, which you have created. It's in its third year. It launches on the 3rd of February and it is an incredible resource where you've gathered global experts in all aspects of pregnancy, birth and motherhood and are now bringing this content to women in Ireland so they can consume it in their own homes for free and get that expert advice Mm -hmm. from these incredible professionals. So tell me more about why you decided to launch this. Thank you so much for having me, Sinead. So the, I I suppose I, um, to give you some context, so I'm a mother of three and I teach yoga, pre and postnatal. I teach you know, active birthing. And I so I see lots of women coming into my classes as pregnant women and leaving as mothers. So it's such a journey um, that I want to support and empower women. So the whole pregnancy, birth and motherhood journey, um, you know, is it's a beautiful, it's an exciting experience. It's full of love, but it's also full of a can be full of challenge, full of overwhelm, and it can lead to an awful lot of anxiety um, because we we have so much going on, you know. So I have pulled together 15 unbelievable, like really and truly incredible speakers. I am so proud of this summit um, from Ireland and all over the world. So that all, um, it's about 10 hours worth of content. And it's not just speakers. We actually also have a beautiful meditation. We have yoga and then we have fitness as well specifically designed for pre and postnatal so um there's a lot more to it than just so there's video there's a couple of audios and then all the the rest of it but it is in essence trying to support and empower women on this crazy crazy journey 
So you have talked to these experts and you're asking the topics and the questions which you think that women here are in most need of. Yeah. Um, tell me more about some of those experts that you've gathered. Yeah. So we have, I know it's called the Pregnancy Wellness and Empowering Birth Online Summit, but there's a massive chunk of also um, motherhood. So it's hard to detach. It is two. hard. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And um, and there's one actual underlying theme the whole way through it. And it's about control or a lack thereof. So um, are we a generation of women that are utterly, controlling? utterly controlling, <laughs> utterly controlling? So if you I say that as one. Correct. Me too. So, um, you know, when we if you think about it, so we are um uh, I'm a little older than you are, but we, if in your 30s and early 40s, say having pregnant, having pregnancies and um, giving birth now. So if you think back to BC before children and you were maybe in college, then you had your career and you were working, you had your own money, you were very much in control of your own life, deciding I'll buy a car maybe, or I'll go traveling or I'll save a deposit for a house, control, control. And then as life goes on and you meet a partner, potentially you want to have children. And then all of a sudden it's you have, you go into motherhood and it's like, what the hell is this? You can't control anything. You know, you can control the controllables in birth and pregnancy to an extent. But in motherhood, you have this little person or people where you can't control how long they sleep. You can't control what they are eating or you can't control they poo when you don't want them to poo. Yeah, or, or, you know, it's a, it's such a challenge. It's a huge adjustment. Enormous. And from a life that you used to have well scheduled. And things would well. flow. Yeah, the autonomy to yeah. just go and do something yeah. as and when you wanted it. Yeah, exactly. It's a massive adjustment. And we don't also, a lot of us don't have the support as in the village around us and maybe our mothers or sisters or aunties. Some people do, which is wonderful, but a lot of people don't and are feeling very isolated. So to enable enable women to feel well you're not on your own um so we have in the postnatal we have I'll start with the prenatal maybe yeah. but so some of the experts that we have um some so this goes out to people all over the world obviously mm. this is Ireland centric Ireland focused but um we have the incredible Janet Belaskus who is the whole founder the principal founder of pioneer of active birth she wrote her book in the 70s it's still very very valid today um, all around how positioning, how being active, how, you know, um, standing upright or leaning forward can give so much more space in your pelvis, therefore giving you an easier birth um, and is trying to just break the stereotypical mold yeah. of what you see in the media of people lying down and all that and just empowering women with information so that you have researched when you're pregnant go okay I know that if I do more of this and if I move more my contractions my surges or waves whatever you want to call them will actually be much more manageable they're actually not going to be as painful um and by opening up my pelvis my baby's actually going to get out faster so you're leading yourself into almost a more empowering birth. So it doesn't necessarily mean a drug-free birth. It means that I've made those decisions before I go into the labour room. If most people in Ireland will have labour um, and birth in hospitals. So it's by giving yourself those tools, maybe creating a birthing preferences document, what would have been called a birth plan, which we talk about and I actually do a session on that myself in the summit and being able to have those conversations with your caregivers um, 
to so you feel empowered because I see so many people in my postnatal classes who feel disempowered and who feel that birth happened to them and somebody delivered their baby as opposed to them being really involved an active participant in correct it. yeah and that can stand with you if you have a very challenging birth that can stand with you for life but for a very long time in the postnatal period and let's face it like the postnatal period is bloody hard anyway and you don't need extra problems if you like so you know you have your physical body needs to heal and recover your emotion your mental wellness is at its probably possibly lowest you're very vulnerable um you need to nurture yourself so you are nurturing a person uh, 24 hours a day seven days a week incessantly so those first you know six weeks really somebody else should be nurturing you physically Mm -hmm. mentally doing everything you should only really ideally be looking after your baby and you know let's face it that just doesn't happen in modern day Ireland or modern day the world so um so that's about Janet Velasquez you know we talk about all that birth preparation and then um I couldn't do and this actually came as direct feedback from last year's summit I couldn't do a summit without kind of looking at the elephant in the room about intervention rates and how you know c-sections are life-saving but also very, very high, much higher than the World Health Organization recommends. The rates in Ireland. The rates in Ireland of interventions. So things like assisted delivery, like forceps, um, Vontu's delivery, um, like, you know, suction cap um, delivery or uh, C-section rates. They're, they're, you know, around a third of all births and higher on um, first births. So if you are, if you have a cesarean section on your first birth, you're more likely to mm-hmm. have it on subsequent births. And, you and know, what do the experts as part of this summit indicate as causes of that? Oh God, there are loads. There are an awful lot. So, and it depends who you talk to. Mm. Um, some people will say that, you know, women are getting heavier. So um, we're having, you know, babies aren't getting heavier, but women are. So we're not as active. We're much more sedentary. So our babies are getting into funky birthing positions so we're sitting down a lot more so if we were more active and leaning over and you know things like scrubbing the floor years ago uh, we don't do any of that we sit down we drive to work or we sit in the train going to work we sit at our desks so we're basically um allowing baby to get into a funky position like a back-to-back position and that not always but that can lead to a longer labor so there are a multitude there's also a massive area in lack of resource in Ireland for sure and um, hospitals you know they want to see moving along um quickly so somebody came was actually an Irish person years ago came up with the theory that a woman should dilate one centimeter an hour which is total nonsense mm. but a lot of hospitals um have policies so if you're not aware, if you don't ask those questions during your pregnancy, every hospital has a policy like with the 20 plus maternity units in Ireland, Everyone will have a different policy. So you need to ask those questions, you know, politely, but it's informing yourself. So creating your birthing preferences, things that are really important to you. Um, I always like to use the term medically necessary. So if something is medically necessary, then obviously off you go, please help. But otherwise, you know, just giving women time, support um, and really allowing them to be fully present in their birth you know our mental and emotional uh, state of mind leading into birth I'm sure has a huge part to play as Mm. well 
And you talked about that culture of how, you know, we're 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 busier as women yeah. now, we're more in control and therefore, you know, submitting yeah. to to labor is a very difficult transition for us emotionally and mentally yeah. and switching off that cortisol. Yeah. So you can't birth with your brain, basically. And so we need to get out of our brain and to get into our physical. And body. most of the things we do now, it's all in our brain led. Yeah. Everything is in or the mind, mm. which is even more crazy than the brain because we don't actually understand what the mind is nobody understands what the mind the consciousness nobody understands what that is so it's trying to get out of all of that and get into our physical body Mm. so you know you can't birth with your brain if your brain is switched on you are not going to be able to flow and in order to birth as easily as possible um this is a woman you know uh, no complications in her pregnancy i'm talking about so um you need to have the beautiful hormone oxytocin the hormone of love in full flow in order for your body to open in order for your baby to come out so what oxytocin does um or or how like what it is and it's really shy hormone and it'll only come out where you feel safe secure loved not under pressure not under scrutiny um and for some people like you were saying previous before we started the recording that is that being in hospital gives a sense of security and it does but also but you have to a hospital is very sterile so you can but midwives um, are so supportive of women who want to birth in a active kind of you know if you want to call it more natural or whatever if you think I always talk about it, if you think if you grew up with any animals okay so cats dogs or maybe you grew up on a farm or whatever and you think about when and how they may have given birth you will never see a dog lying in the middle of the field during the day on her back with her paws in the air pushing a baby out <laughs> just doesn't happen so and we are all you know animals or whatever you want mm. to say at the end of the day so we will they will look for quiet corners nighttime peaceful nobody around they feel secure they don't feel threatened no lion is going to come and try and take their cub that will dilate you that is oxytocin mm. the hormone of love it's when you feel safe to bring this baby into the exactly. world so what inhibits that is adrenaline. So those two hormones, adrenaline and oxytocin, cannot coexist. So if you have adrenaline in your body, you will not dilate. So all this like, oh, it's oh, such a horrible term, failure to progress. It's like you're still only at three centimeters. You're like, Jesus, you know. So in order for a pregnant, a laboring woman to progress, she needs to be super calm super relaxed, as upright and mobile as possible. So that is what you need to bring in from. It's like your home environment. Um, And I've done it three times and I teach women. I've taught probably over a thousand women at this stage to help them get to that point. Yes, you're going to have complications. Some people will have complications in pregnancy and thank or in birth. And thank God we have the hospitals and interventions there to save our life or to save our baby's life. But for the most part, we're just not allowing women to be in that state of flow. And yes, you know, you talked about the stress and anxiety. And in one of the interviews we do with Miriam Hussey, the beautiful soul that is Miriam Hussey, is talk about um, the pulls of motherhood, the pulls just of life, you know. So we are no longer just, I'm no longer Helen anymore. I'm Helen, the partner, the mother, 
the carer, the confidant, possibly the, um, oh, my God, hurry up and make my dinner. The, you know, you have so many pulls. So what Miriam was saying, you know, it wasn't that long ago where women, women's sole role was their nurturer and mm. their caregiver. So maternal role, the total maternal, traditional maternal role. Now, it is a massive generalization, but for most households in Ireland and in modern day Western civilization, women are still doing a lot of that. They're still doing the natural mother kind of roles, but we're also then doing the jobs outside of home. So for most women, they're working in some capacity outside of the home. And because so many people are so stressed, you also have, you know, a parent maybe who, you know, you have to look after or knock into, or maybe you have a friend or a sibling who's going through stuff, or you have maybe health concerns or you have financial stress. Like there is so much going on in life at the moment. It is so busy. So I don't necessarily think it's gender dependent. I think no. it's if anybody is doing the, you know, child raising Correct. role plus exactly. the hunter gatherer role, yeah. you know, uh, and caring for parents. Yeah, it, there's well, a lot so of pressure much. on us in all arenas of ourselves. And yet, you know, for a lot of women, it's that joy of, of having a career that also sustains them. Oh, my God, absolutely. And, you know, so many people will say, oh, my God, I could never stay at home. I could never stay at home after having that kind of life. Now, other women will go, oh, my God, if given the chance, I'd bloody love it, even if for a couple of years when your children are really little. Yeah. And I think it's about it's about a culture that facilitates those options, options and balance that you're not stuck in yeah. one role. You we're know? not great at that in Ireland. Absolutely though. not. There's no. a lot of, 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 no, of there's, there's work definitely that needs to be done. There have been improvements and hopefully we won't have be having this conversation in 10 years time. But um, there's still an awful lot. But yeah, of course, it's not it's not gender dependent at all. It's it's a it's a stereotypical role I'm talking about. That could be either parent. Um, but it's in the DNA of a woman still that we haven't evolved. You know, we're still that that maternal for a lot of women who do, who's the one who you know kitty falls over who do they call a mm. lot of them it's mom or mama or whoever so you know there is all that and um that where our, our adrenals are flying so one thing that miriam and you know she was referring to a particular psychologist who was saying this that um, that women a lot of time are warming their days up with caffeine and they're cooling them down with wine and we are actually we we think that oh this is how we need to, what we need to do to function and nurture ourselves but actually if you're having that feeling of overwhelm anxiety and burnout all you're doing is actually you know wrecking your adrenal glands which are making hormones the cortisol the adrenaline to um to enable you to cope in this stressed and overwhelmed so so many people are suffering from anxiety and overwhelm I had this exact conversation with um, an acupuncturist recently. I've just started acupuncture for these exact reasons. Um, and I found a great guy, Paul Aki Dublin. And we had this exact conversation just by mm. him looking at me, basically, and yeah. understanding my lifestyle. And he said, I guarantee you, you're starting your day with caffeine, you're ending it with wine, and you're surviving on cortisol and adrenaline yeah. between it. And we think we're deadly. And it's like, there's almost... You think you're a powerhouse. You think, yeah, oh, you I'm, think like, I'm up, I'm out, I'm ch child at crash, I'm at the office, I'm in the meeting, I'm doing this. I'm but doing there's, I think, a pride in that busyness. Well, we wear it as a badge of honour. Yeah. We but absolutely I, wear it as I a badge of honour. You know, women are... 
our, you know, our uh, people talk about our divine feminine or whatever. It's kind of like we can't display that anymore or it's shown as a sign of weakness. Almost. But I think that that's the cultural shift. Yeah. We've had to man up yep. in order to be taken seriously in yeah. a lot of different new non-maternal roles. Correct. But I think we're still finding our feet in that. Mm. And that I think we haven't eating. learned how to say no. Yet, yeah, which is such a powerful word, but also, um, yeah, no, we haven't learned how to say no, but also it's it what it's what feels like it's a part of our daily life. And one of the things, actually, another beautiful, um, amazing, uh, intelligent speaker, the, the fabulous Dr. Mally Coyne talks about in our interview around self-care, but around compassion focused therapy where she was so she works in Galway and um, is a clinical psychologist around family and parenting and children and so she has a she actually has a book coming out in a couple of months which would be amazing but she um, talks about these three emotional circles you're you've threat you have drive and you have soothing so most of us will live in the threat and drive mm. so the, and it's, it's the fear it's the fear, fear it's all fear based yeah. it's like threaten whether we need to pay our bills we need to maybe we have some big bill coming up or something um we need to strive and drive mm. and progress mm. in in our jobs and then the soothing circle this is for parents not just mothers but the soothing circle is teeny tiny so if i were to put you on the spot now Sinead, <laughs> which mally put me on the spot and talk about, you know, your soothing circle. So these can be areas of self-care that you do every single day. So what do you do every single day to soothe yourself? The quick answer is every day I do very little yeah. to nothing. But I have learned very recently that that had to change. Yeah, because you, you get to a point of, of burnout. Absolute or burnout. Or whatever that will manifest itself differently for different yeah. people. And I, do, I knew... This shift has to come because something else is going to break. Yeah. As a result. Yeah. And so I, you know, I I've always done Pilates because I had a back injury a few years ago, so that was always a staple in me. Um, and I kind of I placed everything on that. Well, I do that, mm. but that alone isn't enough, especially when it's just once a week. So things like, you know, breaking out into a sweat. <laughs> And, yep. and actually the release of whatever emotions you're carrying as yep. a result and the mental health aspects of that. Yep. Um, yoga and the breathing and going mm. with the flow and learning to, I think, send your brain into a different uh, current, if that, yeah. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. You're it's still kind of like there. Connecting with your um soul or whatever yeah you to say. you're still conscious yeah my problem with meditation is as soon as I try I just fall asleep because but I'm so see, tired a lot of people think about meditation that you have to sit cross-legged you can wash the dishes and like I would consider yoga as a moving meditation so that's how I discovered as yeah. the benefit of that because I, I find I am a very logical rational uh, cognitive brain I, I I don't find it easy to sit and daydream yeah. I've I, I have to be you know planning or act it, it, I'm more of an active thinker than just a daydreamer and I need to work on that but yoga yeah. has definitely helped me and definitely acupuncture recently yeah um and the sensation of having that cortisol actually mm. be switched off mm. through acupuncture yeah and what resulted for me was a complete depletion of the energy resources that yeah. I was running on mm. and what followed for the next few days was an energy crash 
like absolute yeah. crash, an emotional upheaval. Yeah. Like wanted to just cry yeah. all of the time. I could have ha- easily walked into a room and somebody genuinely could have turned around and be like, oh my God, what's wrong? Yeah. As though I had this big new trauma to yes. tell. Well, you but kind I ha- of have brought it all up. Yeah, there, yeah, but I had no story. I had yeah. no trauma. I, I, I would turn around and go, I don't know. Yeah. But it was a complete upheaval from almost every cell in my body. And I can only assume that that was everything that had been suppressed yeah. for decades. Mm. So I'm finding new tools. And I think what's important is to recognize that, you know, this is the life that we are going to lead. If we want to be mothers, there is an enormous sense of joy and happiness. And I would never, ever in a million years mm. want a different life for myself. Yeah. But what I also know now is I need to give myself the tools to be able to cope with these additional stresses and strains. And that's exactly what it is. It's coping mechanisms. And throughout the summit, there that is there's a huge emphasis on this. It's about finding the tools so we um, prepare you for a toolkit for your pregnancy and birth and for motherhood. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you, you have this baby and it's like, Jesus, what the hell is this? You know, it's beautiful and everything and, you know, full of love and all that. But it is such hard work and it's incessant. And one of the things that Mally, um, Dr. Mally Coyne speaks about in the interview is around, um, so, you know, she's talking about the three emotional circles, of, but it's about five aspects, therefore, of self-care. So it could be, I know, I forget one of them, spiritual, physical, mental, emotional. I can't remember the fifth one. But it's, you know, what are you doing? Now, five might be too much to focus mm. on every day. But, um, and, you know, it has taken me 10 years, I think, to get to this point of parenthood, of motherhood, to actually not feel guilty for the most part, still a little bit of guilt, but to do something for myself every single day. So if I don't fill up my cup um, and we talk about this in the interview, um, you know, so it might be 10 minutes meditation. It might be a run on the weekends because I just can't get out during the week because, you know, I look after a one and a half year old and my husband works long hours so it's finding 20 minutes to do a workout it's finding it's for me so that might be having going for a coffee so for me it's meditation yoga running working out reading when I can um but I force myself into giving myself mm. between 10 20 maybe 30 minutes if I can because you know we all say oh I've no time I've no time I've no time but yet if you just look at your screen time uh, we have we spend at least 30 minutes, most of us either scrolling through crap on our phone or watching Netflix. Like most people, if you asked 100 people, most of them will say, mm, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's about prioritizing yourself and putting yourself up higher on that priority, you know, on that list. Yeah. And look after yourself. And so, you know, so there's an awful, there's an awful lot of that focus through mental well-being. And we also have then two amazing mothers um, on the summit talking about their experiences. And oh, my God, it, they're so honest. They're amazing. So the first is Liz Costigan-Flory, who is a, yeah, she's a yoga and fitness teacher. But she also became recently a mother of twin boys. Um, at this point now, they're about, Zach and Jules are about seven or eight months old, I think. But she talks about her struggles of um when she was pregnant with them um they came very prematurely she had to go bed rest and and she's so honest in her um her challenges so her, her interview is all about realities of motherhood versus her expectations and you know 
she really doubted herself a lot and still, you know, does. Mm. She's getting, she's saying, you know, she gets better at it and everything, but it is such a bloody challenge. And, you know, a single baby is so overwhelming. I can't even imagine what uh, double, double that is. Mm. Um, so she is so honest. And I think it's so lovely to, to, to hear that honesty. It's so refreshing. So even if one or two people go, oh my God, that's exactly how I feel, you know, um, and it's about coping mechanisms as well. And then Geraldine uh, Geraldine Walsh um, so people may know her because she's a freelance journalist um, but also so she would write a lot on her blogs and in the papers but so she talks about her um, prenatal anxiety and depression and how that also led to her postnatal um, depression but you know there is um, we do touch on things like miscarriage um, so if you are sensitive just to be aware of that um, and threatened miscarriage um, and events like that during your pregnancy and before how that can really impact your your wellness your mental wellness and during that interview we talk a lot about um, you know identifying mm. um, postnatal depression and really helpful tools and tips and she is so honest and wonderful so there's an awful lot um both postnatal it's not just pregnancy and birth you know we have people local experts like Lucy Wolf the incredible sleep consultant she's a mother of four I've worked with Lucy myself in the past on one of my uh sleep challenging children sleep is such a massive challenge for parents oh it's enormous And and you can never prepare for it you can never prepare for it and it doesn't matter if you get one good night's sleep because if you get if the next night isn't good it just overrides the good yeah. sleep but um Lucy Wolf and and sleep experts yeah are such a massive support to oh parents God. today Enormous. and I think you know some people can be quite hard on sleep experts saying oh they don't believe in that but I think people will be really genuinely surprised at them the gentleness as well of the of the approaches so Lucy um when we talk about safe sleep obviously yes yeah excuse me but we talk about managing expectations in those first few weeks and months and what a baby's body and brain can actually what the norm is the norm is exactly and you know we go through all those things like how you work so bloody hard at getting your two week old or three week old to to, it might take you an hour to get them asleep and then oh my god they sleep for 10 minutes and you're you're ready to kill someone you know as soon as you press the button on the kettle yeah, you wake up. and you're like, oh my, it's inevitable. God. Oh my God. So we go through all around managing expectations. We go through a lot of myths like, you know, oh, what am I going to do? Am I going to destroy the child if I rock them to sleep? And then after those first couple of months, we talk about sleep shaping is what Lucy would call mm. it. So um, it's really gentle in her approach. And we also talk about surrendering. Yeah. Just surrendering to it because we cannot control Once it. Once you try and fight it, you, you just rile yourself up. You do. So yeah, there's an element of surrender too yeah. as well. I think they're really important topics because I think when it comes to sleep, understanding the norms really helps you manage the tiredness yourself. You know, if yeah. you're overthinking, should they be going down? Should I be following this schedule? Should they be getting this amount of hours per day or this yeah. amount of hours per day? You actually, you're creating a stressful environment for yourself. Absolutely. But your job in this is actually to soothe and to create a relaxed environment for baby to fall asleep in. And it's also about learning your baby. Yeah. So it's and learning. every single baby is different. Yeah. I have three, three children. Two of them came very close together. They're so different. But they none of be. us as adults have the same sleep patterns. No. 
no none of us get the same amount of like I don't fall asleep at exactly the same time every night as you do yeah exactly So why are we expecting our kids to yeah Exactly. And they, you know, it's so it's, it's really that reality versus um, expectation. That's a huge part, I think, to play in all of our motherhood journeys. Um, and then we also postnatally also talk with the amazing Claire Boyle, midwife and lactation consultant. And I know you. have Yes, been to, I to was very fortunate um, to for Claire to come into my life um, when I was pregnant and I went to her class in Cork. And I I had her breastfeeding um, yeah. uh, preparation course as well, and I absolutely, you know, I cannot I cannot uh, recommend her more highly, yeah. and more importantly, you know, I had, to most part, a very streamlined breastfeeding journey, which I'm so grateful for. Mm. But I absolutely say that Claire Boyle was the reason for that. And you knew what to expect. I knew what to expect. Mm. I knew what the norms were. I knew what challenges were coming ahead. I knew the solutions to them before Mm. they became such a big problem that there was no way back. Enormous. Enormous. And also my husband sat through it. Yeah. So he also knew. Yeah. And that's a massive part. (laughs) Massive part. Because you don't have that oh, well, maybe we should just give them a bottle or whatever, you know, or it, there's all those additional complications was, or how yeah. often they feed because we live in a bottle culture, it gave bottle feeding me, culture in terms of timings and everything. You know. Absolutely. It gave me, as you say, you know, it gave me the strength and the internal knowledge to be able to say, I know my baby is thriving yeah. and I know this is working for us. Yeah. But more importantly, I know where to go if I feel like it isn't yeah and it has to be so fast that support we talk through that so our our journey our our conversation in the summit this year is all because this is our third year of doing um, the summit with Claire she's been very generous with her time and she brings us on the journey of breastfeeding from those first few maybe six weeks when it can be really quite challenging so intense so intense and managing all those expectations what to look out for in through the middle part of when it's probably most easy and enjoyable through to the ending of breastfeeding Mm. so that's a topic that we never talk about um it's so distressing as well yeah the end of breastfeeding can be a real emotional massive roller coaster yeah and it's like why are you stopping do you have to stop I want to stop. You know, I wanted to stop. Or work is, is work is a massive, massive part. thing. Yeah, and also that you know, deadline looms. As yeah. soon, I I always thought I'd be off for ages, and it'll feel like forever. It goes away oh, so fast, so and there's a looming date. And you know, you feel like, how are we going to manage through this yeah. n- new transition? Yeah, and it's not just a transition for your physical body and your emotion. It's a massive transition for the baby as well. Um, you know, I had babies that wouldn't take bottles, and apparently. I, as a baby, didn't take a bottle. So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But it's all these, you know, it's like the physical of of just the practicalities. If your breasts are full, how do you stop breastfeeding? Like yeah. the physical, what feeds to drop, the emotional aspects to it of, um, and we also talk about extended breastfeeding in Ireland, how culturally that's, you know, not the norm yeah. here either. So that's a really powerful um, one. There's also another just I want to just touch on postnatally um, with a women's health physio. Dr. Sarah um, Duval, she is an American, incredibly highly experienced mm. women's health physio. And we get seriously practical. She's such a wealth of knowledge. She's incredible. And um, she, we talk pretty openly. <laughs> we don't hold back on this yeah. interview. But it's all around the common issues that you would find yourself in 
postnatal mm. particularly so like um, again not enough said about this your about body it. changes yeah. you, you've suffered a trauma through labor correct and that needs to to be healed with professional support yeah and so she treats the the birthing process as an injury mm. to heal so whether that's just a bit sore numb and bruised or where you have a severe tear or we talk about say prolapse mm. how would you know if you have a prolapse is it asymptomatic or are there symptoms what does it feel like what does it prevent you from doing what are the solutions we talk about return to exercise we talk about that um diastasis recti the gap down the middle mm-hmm. it's very simplistic terms um we talk about loads of different scenarios of how also your lifestyle has to change um and like even like physically picking up loads that not necessarily your baby the car seat the shopping yeah and how that can put downward pressure on your um, pelvic floor and like there are oh, that's it's just golden that interview as well so those three interviews are um, and normalizing the challenges that a lot of yeah. women face afterwards but don't always feel confident enough oh, to yeah. talk about like a third of women will experience leakage yeah do we ever talk about that hardly ever hardly ever you know and the whole common but not normal yeah. um, phrase is used a lot so you know yes it's very common to pee a bit when you sneeze is it normal no should it be considered normal no mm. should it be fixable it is there is. something you can do about there it is and i see you have uh, empowered mama on that as well and yeah. she works very closely with women in postnatal fitness to yes. try and basically very gently very kindly but rebuild that physical confidence through exercise exactly so the lovely emma dialing from empowered mama so emma is doing um two fitness sessions and talking about prenatal one is specifically a fitness session for prenatal women and she does a specific one for postnatal so that's lovely so it's not just you know listening to lots of different interviews um we have meditation we have yoga we have fitness as well um and there's also just um one of the fee- I ask for feedback every year and one of the pieces of feedback um that came back was could you bring a fo- or focus on birthing partners so as soon as I thought about that, I was like, oh, I know exactly who I want. So um, there's a, an English midwife called Mark Harris and he his um, business is called Birthing for Blokes and he is an absolute hoot. So we had... What a brilliant spin on it. Yeah. Oh my God. We had such a brilliant interview. Yeah. So anybody who's going to be man or woman, a birthing partner, needs to listen to this interview um and you know we talk about like how the birthing partner needs to understand what is physically going on in the woman's body what hormones are happening during the birth how you can be a supportive birthing partner and then why if it's a man which you know for a lot of the case it is Mm. but why men would respond the way they do in the birth room and how that differs to how a woman responds. So this could even be taken into relationships. Yeah, I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, oh, it's so fascinating. It's how a woman would respond to being pissed off or a stressful situation. So say, you know, if something... Because the labour room, it's very anxious. And and the poor guys, they feel very um, unnecessary in it. You know, they don't know what role they are They are your voice. They are your voice. Mm. And they are so important Mm. to be... An advocate, side mm. and they are your advocate, um, and it's so it ties in actually incredibly well with. Um, I do a piece on birthing preferences um, 
birth plan or whatever you want to call it on the summit Mark's piece for supporting birth of partners Janet's um, Belaskis that we've talked about at the top and then yeah. we have an, um, a midwife working in Ireland called Alana Cox who you know we have to talk about how the realities of birthing in Irish modern day hospitals and that was something that also came back from last year's summit um, so we talk about the realities the interventions that are there how um, you can understand and empower yourself with information while you are still pregnant um, and it's really thought provoking so um, yeah it's just I'm so proud of the content this year I really am it's like it's 10 hours of unbelievable resource and value for women and you mightn't be pregnant you might be a new mother or you might be considering pregnancy you know um, whether to go there and have a child in the first place or maybe to add to your family um, there is just there's so so much and I haven't even mentioned there's a whole another interview around herbalism and naturopathy and how that can help you th- during your pregnancy birth and motherhood journey so there is there's is so much to support and empower women uh, women and just make this journey more enjoyable and to give you the tools to cope with and we it's very very practical you know we laugh a lot during it as well. Helen, well done for organising this and for gathering such a wealth of global knowledge. Mm. And, you know, knowledge really is power. So how can people uh, sign up and make sure that they can watch all of these amazing resources? So it is for free and you can sign up. The link is Nurture Mamas, that's M-A-M-A-S, nurturemamas.com forward slash summit 2020. So all you need is an email address. And it's all linked to that email address and um, and a so device. So once you register, it once gets register. sent to your email. Yeah. So once you register, um, you will receive an email from me welcoming you, etc. And then you have a link. So the first day um, at 10 a.m. Irish time, you will have an email with the link to the first interview. You'll be three to four interviews or pieces of contents, um, contents every day. So once you have that first interview, you can then you'll have very obvious buttons to click through to the next interview you so um you have three days to watch every day for free if you want to you can buy it afterwards um as a digital product um and i'm also actually giving away um on my instagram page and at nurture mama's um competition i'll be giving away to win the digital product afterwards so you can you can keep those um as well for whenever you need them so the website to register again nurturemamas.com forward slash summit 2020 and it begins on february the 3rd 2020 Exactly. Helen, thank you so much for organising this and for talking to me today all about the Pregnancy Wellness and Empowering Birth Online Summit. I am subscribed. I can't wait to start watching these uh, amazing interviews and learning more from these global experts. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks for listening to Every Mum, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can let us know by sharing on Instagram or subscribe here and leave a review. The Pregnancy Wellness and Empowering Birth Online Summit kicks off on February 3rd, 2020, and you can register at nurturemamas.com forward slash summit 2020. This series is kindly supported by water wipes. Water wipes are an essential for every mum from that first nappy change and during those messy weaning months. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and are proud sponsors of Every Mum, the podcast.